you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Take two is back after a holiday break. I feel like it's been three months. It's only been a little over a couple of weeks, but Mara Carabello's in the house. Greg Hughes Hello. is here. Heidi Hatch with KUTV 2 News. Happy New Year, everybody. The politics did not stop spinning over the holidays, so we've got a lot to talk about. Today is the final day for... Um, Signing your name on the dotted line if you'd like to run for office here in the great state of Utah. So welcome back, everyone. Um, Mara, mm, you had yes. a bit of a dramatic break. Yes. Greg had a more relaxing break. I and relaxing. I was in between. There was no drama, but I turned into my own mom where I overscheduled us because my daughter was home from California. And I'm like, we will Ooh. have so much fun. <laughs> and now I need a nap. And we, we usually do this on a Friday. Yeah, it's so Monday. I'm, I'm just debating in my own head whether to just treat today like a Friday. What does that look like? What's the where difference? Where you just go home? Tuesday and, and Wednesday become a weekend. Yeah, nice. Yeah, why not? Nice. That sounds good. Is I there know something I'm having you... a hard time restarting for the new year. So. I know. It feels weird. And so I feel like this week is sort of my official first week because last week there were still a lot of people on vacation right. and you're out of sorts and you're figuring it out. So this is the real new year. We made it. So Greg, uh, anything you'd like to share with us that about your time off? Did about you? my time off, um, no, it was relaxing. We got to get family got to get away, not too far, but Washington County, which is always nice. And we got lucked out. This this rotten snow and the colder temperatures hadn't arrived, so I was playing golf in fifty degree weather and enjoying it with my family and watching a lot of football. In which some is states, always good. when you hit fifty degrees, they wear coats and bundle up. In St. George, it's like yep. stripping down. I, yeah. I think it's. Naked. I think that place is too hot in the summer to to get that cold in the winter. Mm. Uh, if you're going to be hundred and twenty in the summer, you should. You shouldn't mm. get lower than the 60s. High mountain mm-hmm. desert. But, you know, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. I think Good. the temperatures down there now, a week later, is a lot cooler than it was when yeah. we was there. So I think we lucked out on the weather. I'm all in on global warming. Whatever I can do to expand this carbon footprint of mine to help help the cause nice. so I can have warm winters. And Mara has one more week with her daughter before she goes back to she college. She goes back to college. Nice. She'll be in Denver. Awesome. Hanging out with the peeps. Well, I'm glad that everyone is here. We have a lot to talk about. Um, even I'm glad we're doing this on Monday as opposed to Friday because the list has gotten exponentially longer of people By running the for minute, office. By the minute, we're filling in blanks. I know. Yes. So many primaries that are happening. I want to start um, with the U.S. Senate race. Wait, and, before you do, can okay, I frame yeah, this for a second? Yeah, please do. So um, we have, this is one of the smarter listening audiences of podcasts. These are people that mm. understand and He's listen. and kind of know. Ooh, you're sucking so, up yeah. before your so comments. They, this might already, uh, might be, saying something that doesn't need to be said, but this is the first time that Utah, at least in modern history, that Utah has had a filing for all offices at the beginning of January. This typically takes place in March after a general session is over. So to have um, in in our state legislative session starting here in uh, mid-January, to have your announced candidates maybe even in the gallery, to have and and for lawmakers, your foes are going to be sitting across from you. Yeah, and they are prohibited uh, from raising money while they're in session. So you have forty five calendar days where you're not able to raise any money for your campaigns, but your campaign has started. This that's not been that's not an environment uh, we've had before in Utah. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out in terms of okay, you know ahead of time who your opponent might be or is, but 
Why did uh, we change it? Was there a good reason? Well, they didn't want you accepting contributions uh, while you had pending legislation in front of you that to makes avoid sense. a pay-to-play environment. So it's I don't mind the rule. It's just tough for your campaign cycle to have begun, and you cannot raise anything. One of the unintended bad consequences, though, is that it's a much, much, much shorter filing period. You've got to be ready by January second. So, I mean, like yeah. you, you, it, it is going to be harder for a totally lay citizen to say, oh, "I want to do this." I mean, you really had to be Johnny on the spot right after um, it was only open for several days. It's also interesting for sitting le- legislators; some of them had to choose what they wanted to do. I mean, they couldn't wait out the filing period and start the session it's it, it does change the way that you would approach i think the session in some absolutely ways. and the little another wrinkle is that many lawmakers and state legislators uh when they're deciding to not seek re-election they keep it close to the vest they don't yeah. really say anything because they don't want to be treated like a lame duck they don't want because right. a lot of times relationships and when you're voting people see this as a long-standing relationship with a lawmaker but if you're not going to be coming back it's easier to offend <laughs> disagree That's maybe yeah so you there is no hiding the fact that you are serving in your last session now. maybe before we jump into the candidate names the other change that was made also was for voters in their party affiliation so if you want to participate in the republican caucuses which is your only chance to weigh in on the republican primaries for president not for other races not for statewide races it's still on a normal schedule but or if you um democrat you don't have to actually be a registered democrat but you could party affiliate yeah and if you're in a county inside of salt lake county salt lake county sent everybody a notice all unaffiliated voters got a notice saying hey if you're not registered here are the consequences of not registering for a party i don't know if the other clerks did as well but that's changed a yeah little i got bit them in salt folks. lake county so yeah um that if you're unaffiliated well, if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing it intentionally. But yeah. if you're unaffiliated and want <laughs> and to, you want to get involved, in you're done. You, your 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 timeline's over, yeah. right? I hate the caucus system because, and I this is just a personal problem yeah, I it's have hard because to get to. when you I can't. work, I work at night. I can't yeah. participate, nor yeah. am I supposed to share my feelings of who I support or don't support. So right. going and talking to my neighbors about it doesn't work. Yeah. I want a private ballot where I can fill in the dot and send it in. So I know that it would, is what that it would is. There was talk more about people to ballots. participate. For that, there, there, was, are. there was talk of that as, as a way to not lose your caucuses, but for people that are in the circumstance you are to be yeah. able to participate. So I cover caucuses, but I don't participate in them. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, let's start with the top. Um, I'm not saying that senators are more important than anyone else, but uh, right now we've got a Senate seat that is open because Senator Mitt Romney has told us that he is not running. And I just counted, is it 10 or 11 candidates that we have? It's a full house a here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, eleven. So um, John Curtis, who we knew was going to be getting into this after all those ads that were running, you've been watching for the last couple of months, saying that people have been knocking down his door. He has to run, <laughs> so he is running. Uh, Archie A. Williams. Do we know anything about him? No. No. Okay. He's a Democrat. Yeah. Uh, Democrat. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading. That is important. Right. Carolyn Fippen, I think we knew she was getting mm-hmm. in. She was um, a staffer in the House when I served, and she also worked with uh, Senator Lee as a staffer. Yeah. She, yep. Republican. Um, is she a force to be reckoned with? She'll work very hard. She's very conservative. I think she'll, be, she'll, she'll help shape the narrative of that campaign for sure. Clark White, a Republican. Do we know anything about him? Clark, who are you? No. You're going to have to work hard. Uh, Carolyn Glick. Glick. U.S. Senate Democrat. Mara, um, so I that's like your universe. I do appreciate that there's more than one Democrat in this race. Brent mm-hmm. Orrin Hatch. This is interesting because 
he's been around. People know who he is. He right. obviously has his father's name. Is he a force to be reckoned with, or are people done with the Hatch name for the Senate seat? Well, maybe what I'll say is let's finish the list with Brad Wilson and then Robert Newcomb, who is Newcomb, who is an independent American. Uh, independent American Party should be giving a shout out. They have yeah. several places on the ballot in which they fielded candidates. And at this point, and I Trent think, Staggs, we still have in the race, oh, too. Sorry, and, and Carlton Kat, who, Bowen, who filed very early, who was, I think, the first the filer. The very first, yeah. Oh, and look at Carlton Bowen. So you have two independent American candidates. Mm-hmm. So at this point, what becomes really interesting is what I'm hearing is that John Curtis and Brad Wilson would be considered front runners in the race. And then what becomes interesting of Brent Hatch, Carolyn Pippin, Pippin, um, the rest who are who have histories in politics and have followings are do all of those add up to four and five percentage points in a primary? And if so, are they the kingmaker? on who's run, you know, who yeah. wins. So by having two or three or four credible candidates, which is the conversation that the Republicans have been having, where people keep saying, you've got to consolidate to two challengers, right? Yeah. It's really hard when you don't have a two challenger race, when you have a three and four, because pundits like us will tell you that four has no chance of winning, but they're viable enough that they're not letting go. They're smart enough. You know, they, they have a case that they want to make. And do they end up almost deciding who's going to win? Now, what's interesting is this last two weeks, three weeks, boy, the supporters of John Curtis, I mean, the amount of people that I have heard from making a case for John Curtis. So he's clearly got his talkers out. And um, and then Brad Wilson also has his out. I think the race between those two is, for me, a pretty dead heat, and it's going to be about who gets who gets the magic like yeah. who really puts yep. their act together who runs the better campaign right now who makes fewer mistakes who gets in front um i think the name recognition is a little bit of a red herring when nobody is polling above 20 25% now if it was romney name recognition yeah. is a golden it's money no one Was. here no one here is is in the name recognition category in which I say, oh yeah, name recognition is really to their advantage. Greg Curtis has the highest name ID, but he doesn't, I mean, excuse me, John Curtis, but he doesn't really have that much that I would say it's an impenetrable, you know, advantage. But the reason of that being that if you're able to raise significant funds, it's just your media buys, it's just your message. And so what I like about races where the fund raising funds is not a barrier um, then you, it is really this, the the message of the candidate, the candidate's team, how they are able to effectively get their message out and persuade people. And that's a, I mean, I haven't seen a race. I, I, the closest thing I can think of that is when it was back when uh, Bob Bennett ran against Joe Cannon back in 92. They, they, they were media saturation. There was no more money to be spent. Now it was just down to whose message resonated the most. And that was, you know, because that's, you don't usually see that a lot, but you'll see it with those two. But I will say that, um, uh, Riverton Mayor Trent Staggs, he has worked for a long time. He has pulled down a, a kind of the a, a very strong conservative, um, even the national on these podcasts and, and national websites. Uh, those conservatives have been drawn to uh, Mayor Trent Staggs. So he will have, for, when you talk, Mara, about a, a candidate who's not one of those front runners but could be a kingmaker or have a percentage of, of SWAT, I see him as one of, certainly one of those. Carolyn Phippen's going to have a very strong presence as well. 
Brent Orrin Hatch, I just don't, th- this one I don't get. That I, one kind of surprised me out of the middle of nowhere, because, yeah. Because I don't know who he's talking to, but I don't know that anyone's pining away for another Hatch to go into the, you know, to the to return to the Senate. Um, and fair or unfair, um, you can't, it's hard to separate Orrin Hatch from the, the town he served in, which everyone's not all bullish about Washington, D.C. right now. He's also running uh, an outsider race. I'm a, I'm a business person. I'm not an insider. I'm not a career politician, but you're a Hatch. And so... I, I just, that one. He's worked I don't, for administrations before too and yeah. been in politics. And I can't yeah. spot his base. Maybe Mara knows where his base is coming from. But if you're an outsider, I'm not a politician, but I'm, I'm Orrin Hatch's kid. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know that that's a, I don't see where, where that one's taking Maybe this would traction. be unfair, but I read it as a warm up. Yeah, for no, something that's how I read well, that's the first that's logical what, I mean, thing I've heard I about read that it race. as a like because he got in late. He got in with sort of not the biggest splash. He got in with just sort of a very traditional conservative pitch. Like it didn't differentiate to your point. Yes. It wasn't bad. It no. just didn't differentiate. And it leaned a little too heavy on my eyes on the hatch label, which I mm. don't think has tails right now. And so I felt like it was a, a smart warm up because I will say um, there's a lot of calculus in running well and losing as a, a precursor to other moves. So that's how I read it. That's the first time I've heard this described where it makes any sense to me. So that's, that would, what would he have his eye on in your mind? I don't know. I don't know him well enough, but it just, it came out of the blue. It didn't have many insider legs. Like, you know, I mean? he hadn't really worked the usual circuit before. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe he wants to, an appointment of something, or maybe he is looking at a house he I have no idea. This is me just talking to hear myself talk. But in terms of agreeing with Greg on, I didn't quite get the calculus of who, how he was going to put together yeah. his 50 plus one or his plurality in a primary. I didn't quite get how Will he was Will this be a nice it. race or is it going to turn nasty? Nasty. And no one, here's the, here's the part that there's going to be a lot of national money coming into it and that will make it nasty. And here's the part that we're all finger pointing and all accountable at the same time. It's going to be nasty and no one in this race, I think wants it to be. I don't think there's any bad actors here. I don't think there's any mean spirited people, but here's the reality of every voter listening. What motivates you is fear and anxiety. And so we have to stop That's responding sad. to it. Negative campaigns are highly effective. Yeah, we campaigns. intellectually argue against negative campaigning, and at the end of the day, the campaigns I see that are successful are those that have effectively scared the daylights out of you about the opponent. And it's not okay, but, but it moves the it needle. Is, it does move it. I don't think there'll be as much national money in this race as if if uh, Senator Romney had run. I think then you would have seen an incredible amount of money brought to bear, um, but. That said, I think that these candidates we've just discussed have a hard time being too chippy with each other and would need a third party to maybe make those cases that they don't want to really be thought of on their own. And so that's where you get into super PACs and things. So and I, both of them frontrunners will have super PACs. Also, both of them, I think Curtis is going to attract some national money. It'll be interesting as, if it's the kind of national money he wants. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, the story, and this is inside want. This is inside baseball, and I haven't heard this directly from anyone, but I, it's it was that, that Romney didn't, like how things rolled out and uh, how Brad Wilson got in front of this race. And so he wanted to p- help pick someone or influence someone. And he's the one that approached uh, John Curtis in the running and said, yep. I can help fully fund it. So I don't know. We'll have to see, uh, you know, the reports that they come out and it looks like there are 
connections there. But And so far, Romney says he's not going to back anyone in this race. So we'll watch that. Looking at the first congressional race, Blake Moore will face a primary, uh, Derek L. Draper and uh, Paul Miller running against him. I don't personally know either of them. So I don't, I don't know if they'll make any um, ground there. Um, in the second district, we've got, um, constitution, a couple of Republicans. Let's see. So Celeste Malloy, I don't think there's a name in there that seems to me that would be beatable because I think that was the question after she won, if she would face another big name that could be a concern. Is there anyone on that list that you say, okay, that's a formidable force? So for me, that, there's one that's that's not on the list I'm looking at, but I know has just filed this afternoon. Is it afternoon? Yeah, yeah. it's afternoon. Colby Jenkins. He lives in uh, Washington County. He's, oh yeah, he's uh, not officially he's a, on the list. Yet. Yeah, he's a veteran. Um, he's I think Green Beret, and uh, also has uh, worked in uh, in, the, in the Pentagon. Pentagon has some uh, deep experience on that side of it. Very conservative. Believes uh, he's seen the the warts and the and the problems that go on in that town. I think that can be a, a credible campaign, and um, and so Colby Jenkins just filed today. That's a that's a name that you might want to watch. I think he'll he'll uh, he's going to be working hard and and all these he's seats, putting a pretty good team together too. And all these seats have Democratic challengers, which is something we can talk about Hats after off, the Mara, primary. I love it. I do. I election. love that part. I'm, I'm this whole you know pretending you're an independent, but you're really run, a Republican trying to you know not run as a Democrat. I, I hated that. In the I'm not running sections. as a Democrat. I'm just telling you there were a bunch no, of no, Democrats I'm not talking about you. I'm saying all these. Like yeah, when, so there's actually going to be some Democratic primaries Mc, in the Senate seat. McMullen, um, all yeah. that crap. I, I, I love that Democrats want to be Democrats. I think it's good for the whole system. I think they should step forward. I'm, I'm excited about that. Okay, so um, House District 3 is getting spicy today. Um, friend of the podcast, State Auditor Frugal Dougal, has gotten in the race, and let me see how many are in that one now, because it keeps changing. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in the race right now. So, um, so this is going to be a tough race. Um, one, they're all conservatives, right? I mean, it's going to be hard to find policy. And there's name ID on a few of them. And there's name ID on a few. It's going to be hard to find policy daylight um, because they're all tried and true. And you've got um, some former elected. So in the on the Republican side, you have... Uh, uh, mayor, you have some former electeds, but you have, gosh, Case Lawrence, J.R. Bird, um, Stuart Pay, Michael Kennedy, Chris Herod, Clay Hunsaker, Frugal Dougal, and you've got two, three of them that have the ability to raise some cash and have experience campaigning. And, and Stuart Pay's name that you see on that list, too, you'll remember, he, I think, was the first one to come out and support and help run Trump's campaign couple cycles ago so no that's 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 um, is that someone different yeah, am i thinking don, don don pay so that's are they pay. related no he, no i'm Stuart just pay was them. the Stuart pay was the uh chair republican chair of the utah county republican uh, yes. party yes he ran for Stuart. state party chair but he did not win carson jorgensen won that race yeah um but but still nevertheless he's a he's a he understands the politics. He's yeah. been in the grassroots. He's been part of the uh, the you know the apparatus of the Republican. So this Party is also in interesting because this is a House seat that is known for having a pretty active delegate selection process, and so you've got an experienced group of delegates potentially. I mean, remember delegates can change. Yeah, and this 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 happened again a couple of U.S. Senate seats ago where a 
an incredibly effective philosophy is to bring your own delegates, right? Don't just talk to the people who have been elected in the cycle before, but in fact, bring your friends and family to the table. You have candidates in this case who could bring their own delegates. Let's take John Dougal, for example, who, by the way, I just learned is also in law school right now. I did not know that. I that just is so interesting. I'm ha- tipping my hat to John Dougal. That's he, a lot I of call him, I love I've that. I've always called him Uber Dougal. So I Uber Dougal's way I, better than I Trugal I love Dougal. that he's also expanding his education. Yeah. That's incredible. But um, you've got some great party organizers who might ex- bring in new delegates. You've got guys who are going to be working old delegates and who can get some money in. This is going to be a hot race. And again, they're all pretty con- true conservatives. Mike Kennedy ran for Senate against Mitt Romney. Uh, ran a real. I think everybody respected the race he ran. Uh, my, Mitt Romney looked into it was was almost uh, you know, untouchable back then. But I think that uh, sen- now State Senator Mike Kennedy ran a very very strong race. People respected that race. He's in he's in that race. Herod challenged. Chris Herod has Curtis run for that seat times. a number of times. Yeah. So he's yeah. got a he's got a built in uh, network now. J.R. Bird he is the mayor of Roosevelt uh, rural city, but don't discount. Someone from a rural area with not a lot of maybe people constituents, but because he's got, I'm told, the resources to really make up for for that and really get his name out. And I, I put a lot of weight in fundraising. Here's a here's a dark horse no one knows, but I know through a friend is Case Lawrence. Watch that name. This mm. is someone who's uh, isn't it would not be known, and I don't think in broad Republican grassroots circles, but the person who. Uh, mentioned him to me i respect highly and i think that person has a very strong uh is highly regarded in his own community he's a business person so that's in case lawrence pay attention to that name that's a dark horse in this so race. the only one that doesn't have a primary party Burgess. Oh, i know that shocked me of all the races with no ch- at least as of three o'clock on monday yeah and they sometimes take a couple extra hours to get yeah. in so maybe there is but yeah surprisingly not uh democrats in that race will have a primary republicans don't uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. we know is on the ballot um, for president. Um, a lot of people are I love like, him. You I love do. him. I, we, yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think he's awesome. Did you would go you to his presser over Trump? No, I would not. Are you Just kidding? checking in. No, I'm not. I'm not that in love. But uh, yeah, no, I no, I love it. He's again guy that wants to have uncomfortable conversations. I love it. I, it's time. It's that time in America and in Utah. I love. And by the way, he brought. I got to interview him last. Uh, last was it last week? on on a different program and asking the question how are you showing such uh surge or such popularity amongst younger voters who might not like politics or politicians but you're a kennedy how match that put that together for me and his answer was uh most of the the people that support him are getting their information about him through social media whether it's you know the platforms twitter or whatever you have and He's been on a lot of podcasts, very varied podcasts. And on podcasts, so that's something that our younger voters will uh, monitor closer than older voters. So he's not getting hit with this establishment Kennedy persona, but the young people like what they're hearing from him. And I thought I, that was I went hiking with him in the late 80s. You, you did? Really? Yeah. Interesting. You should be all in for JF. <laughs> were you helping because Jr. I went hiking with yes, him? Were you helping save rivers bonding? back then, or what it were was you up he, to? It, he was here to, I had brought him in for a speaking engagement about saving rivers. Um, he has about a his environmental con- yeah, he agenda. Has a, he has a ton of connections to uh, Utah. He has. Uh, he comes here a lot. Yeah. He's he has spoken about water and conservation yeah. for quite a long time, and 
he, the story goes that I, I mean, I was young and I was assigned also at that time. He stayed for a weekend and I needed to get him to the airport on time. Mm. And while we were driving to the airport, he said, I want to stop for a hamburger. And I was like, oh, I, we can't do that. You're like, this is not on the agenda. <laughs> and we did. Where'd you stop? <laughs> what kind of burger did you get? We stopped, um, I'll give a shout out to our friends in Box Elder County. We stopped at Maddox and he ended up getting chicken as those in uh, at Maddox would know. Um, he ended up getting chicken, and we hmm. still made the flight. Nice. That's okay. a win. That's a truncated version of my Kennedy story. All right. Yeah. We'll hear a longer one later. And a lot of people have been noticing commenting online saying, where are the Republicans? But because they are doing the caucus, they are not going to be filed on here. So There just weren't any Republicans interested. In no, no one wants to run <laughs> It was weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Hope that works out well Unexpected. for them. Unexpected. Yeah. yeah. And interestingly that. enough, um, looking at some other races – the gubernatorial race is getting more and more names in it, too, which is super interesting. Carson Jorgensen, who was the one-time uh, Utah GOP chair, uh, is running for governor. I watched a video he had that he put out today. It was um, slick, very farm-related. Phil Lyman, we know, is in there. Uh, Brian King is a Democrat running. Uh, Tom Tomini is unaffiliated. And, of course, Spencer Cox is hoping to keep his job. Are there any new names on there today that are screaming at us? I don't know if I've looked. No, I think these guys have all been around and declared um, the governor should be expected to be organized and serious and has an experienced team, and I don't think he's messing around. He's been moving a little, as one would expect, he's been moving a little to the right in the last several months, and that would be, again, as expected, I'm not saying that as an indictment. I'm saying that as a precursor to an election cycle. His Um, his opponents will be coming from his right. So the stronger his credentials are of a public policy that's conservative and right of center, the the better he has of an answer with those that are He'll be hard to beat. He will. I do. Shout out to Brian King, uh, former uh, minority leader when I served, um, and I think still was a minority leader after I left. But again, love to see. It's a hard race. He'll make it a great conversation, I think. No, and I think it's really important, his commitment. I mean, if you watched his launch, he's really committed to bringing up issues that matter to what would be center and left of center. He's serious-minded. He served for, I don't know, you know Greg better than me, Greg, probably 14 years or quite a while in the House. He's been the minority leader several times. He's not currently, but he's been several times. And again, he's a serious-minded person who will up the dialogue for whoever the Republican nominee is. The reason I like this is that I have heard from former Democrat Party chairs I've talked to how difficult it is to get a good, solid, you know, a reputable Democrat to run a statewide race, given how hard uh, raising the money is, but then the the odds of running a statewide race in a state as red as Utah. So you, you, it's always been a challenge. And then you saw this time where people started to go with this unaffiliated route, almost to say, if I'm going to run, I don't want to get hit with the Democrat moniker. I want to get that out of there. And I I don't like that. I don't think it's intellectually honest for a Democrat to run an, uh, under a different name or an un, you know independent when they are a Democrat. So hats off to Brian King. It's a hard decision to make. But so you he's don't not, like Kennedy I don't think running as an independent? No, they kicked him out. Of the, his story's different. He wanted to run as a Democrat, and they wouldn't let him in. They so did. He chose he to didn't leave. Want, they're not get, Biden is not going to have any real challenger. They don't want any I mean, challenger for him. he chose to leave. Because they wouldn't let him debate him. They wouldn't let him have a race against Biden. So... They kicked him out. The, I, um, but I am agreeing with you. I thought it was totally cheese ball 
particularly when Democratic leaders decided to kick out a perfectly good Democratic candidate and go with an unaffiliated. I felt like that was offensive. In in the last state oh, race, right. I mean, so yeah, I, I yeah, agree yeah, to I course just, correct there and go back to recruiting good Democrats, of which there hard, are a ton of yes, good Democrats. There are, are, it's a hard race, and, it, and I respect those that want to get in the arena and make that case. Because, look, if you don't, then this state of, of Utah becomes the Republican and Democrat Party inside of one party. The Republicans, and that's that's untenable. It's just it's it's annoying. If you're a Democrat, own it. If you're a Republican, own it. And uh, the, the, having a uniparty doesn't serve anyone. So I no. love to see good, strong Democrats get out there and want to get in the arena. And I love hard races. I think I I don't fear them. I think they make everybody involved and better, and the voters more informed. Are we going to see Ben McAdams running again? Because he was obviously behind the Evan McMullen race and a lot of what happened there. So I keep waiting to see if maybe he'll put his name in and run again. But no dice. You know, he was the top of everyone's list a couple cycles ago. I think his support of Evan McMullen has made a race for him a little more complicated because there were many on the left who were offended, frankly, that he went all in with someone. I mean, what was important about the McMullen race is McMullen was a Republican, not a, I mean, there are independent people. (laughs) McMullen was not. He was a Republican who decided it was more strategic to be unaffiliated. And the fact that Ben McAdams decided to back that, I think made it pretty treacherous for him. And and when McMullen wasn't successful, I don't know that Ben is now seeing a middle lane. I mean, I wondered if Ben was looking for an unaffiliated lane to go in. I would never count him out because he's young and has experience, but I think that was a misstep that, in terms yeah. of his viability for That a, McMullen a race, race was a canary in a coal mine for, I would argue, for for uh, Ben McAdams as well as for Mitt Romney. I think they both were, were looking to see what would be, how viable would an independent candidate be for different reasons. Yeah, and but, I agree, disagree with the Romney yet. Oh, I don't. I, I, Kristen Sinema went independent because she was having trouble with her base. Um, I think he would have liked to have done the same here, but I think the McMullen race not going the way they thought or they hoped um, made that route um, untenable. And that so that hurt um, McAdams from running again and Romney from running re- for re-election. So That's the world as I see it. I was wondering what he's otherwise. been up to. This is his last tweet from Halloween. Oh, he had a costume. Goodness. He must be a rocker with a wig, but I don't know yeah. who he is. So yeah. anyhow. Um, the attorney general race is going to be interesting because at the same time you're running for the seat, you're yeah. defending the independence of the office and the three strikes you're out on Republican males being elected to this position. Mm. So, I mean, I... It's been rough <laughs> for a few cycles. This gender so, has nothing to do with it. You I'm going last, to give a shout out to Rachel Terry, yeah. who is a rock star. She is currently the head of risk management for the state of Utah. Um, and... And I think Derek Brown's a solid candidate. I don't mean to leave him out. It's just, it was nice. We're sorry to, you're a boy. It, we're sorry. Yeah, it was nice to Mara, see sorry. a female file, a serious-minded. I think, I say today, if you want reform in an area that is fundamentally just a corruption problem, not an appointee problem, not a constitutional problem, but in fact an indulgent inter-navel-gazing corruption problem, <laughs> then elect the female. That's my pitch. Oh, my gosh. That's my pitch. I can give that my pitch. That is the pitch. worst. You gave a pitch. You did it based and, solely on gender. But Mara's backing a Republican, a, so that a, should make you happy. I'm, I'm, I think she's a great... I'm I, again, I'm I think very Derek, disappointed by this I think Derek Brown is great as well. Well, then and the, Frank you just Mylar has, has been a... But I he's think been around I, a long time. Frank Myler has been around. He has been a long around time. for a long time. He's a well-known he's attorney a and libertarian. Andrew McCullough. He has run a lot. Yeah, he's been and, around. And too. so he will also bring. If, I mean, I, I I don't I like libertarians. Look, I'm just saying, clean it up with a woman. 
Okay. We I, have I, a I, I don't assume that women just clean. I don't. Filed. I don't make that. I don't make that assumption that women are good go, at cleaning. Why did you go there? That was that's really a did. sexist job. You said clean it up with a woman. I don't think that that those two mix actually. Really? I think that's. I think you that's stereotypical. You name and date the last wow. time you Greg cleaned Hughes. a toilet wow. in your house, Greg Hughes, and I this is will not, back you know, away these from elections that are not about me, Mara Carabello. You just worry about this list in front of you. Don't quit making it about me. Men are like, I would clean the toilet if it ever looked dirty enough, but it just doesn't ever reach the standards. I was in college. I'm, I mean, when you get to that stage, let's talk. But it's never been there, so I don't Holy cow. You, you read my mind there. Thank you, Heidi. That's funny. So Derek Brown, look, Rachel Terry, again, she's reached out. I, I haven't spoken with her, but she's making the rounds very aggressively in terms of people that have been in elected service that have been replied. She's doing a great you didn't job. Take her call. Well, I, it's not that I avoided. I just haven't. I haven't called wow. back. But it's not on purpose. What but I. But I. Move. But I respect. How, because I've heard that she's really reaching out to a lot of people, which she, is a very positive yeah. thing. Uh, Derek Brown, I've, I've known him forever. I served with him in the House. He's a solid, former solid. Former party chair. Yeah. Former, former House member. Republican Party chair, former House member, solid guy. Um, and then Frank Mylar, again, another solid. He's been present in terms of, he does, he actually, the way I've interacted with him recently is he's done a lot of legal work for our sheriffs and sheriff uh, in, in jails and things like that and so i've gotten to see him quite a bit and he's super knowledgeable and i love his rudder in the so water you have, we have qualified choices from the republicans we don't have a democrat and i'll tell you what made that race very different for me is that there was talk that um senator state yeah, senator dan mckay no democrat was going to run and i think he was taking that run very seriously uh him getting in that race would have changed the variables of that race to me yeah uh but he didn't he just ultimately decided to not run so that race got i think it got I'm not going to say it's easier, but it's not as difficult or as uh, complex complex of a race as if State Senator Dan McKay had gotten in. I was going to run, but I hate math and I hate auditing <laughs> and numbers. <laughs> Poke my eyes out. So those of you who like doing it, great work. Good oh, wait, work. no, that we were that talking about Attorney, Attorney General. General. Now I'm looking at the auditor yeah. race. I, I jumped ahead in my brain. And we actually have a few people running um, for auditor with uh, John Dougal leaving the race. Ricky Hatch, Catherine Botaz and um, is there it. another? Yeah, there's just two. So a Republican and a Democrat. So, and then Marlo Oaks looks to be our next state treasurer. Yes, again. no one I, is running. I'm so happy to see that because I think he's been. You know, he's gotten some national, some negative with attention his, nationally with uh, the what's it called? The, yes, uh, um, the is it ESG? It's no. However, corporations how they yeah. invest and what they do and how they're doing it, and he's and he's yeah. been worried about that. He's brought a lot of attention uh, to some issues that the left could actually even nationally. Because he was, yeah, had a great piece in the Wall Street Journal. They they could have combined or come after him. I mean, we still have the rest of today to find out. But I would love to see Marlo Oaks stand up for hard issues, um, controversial issues for some, uh, and stand stand tall as the nominee after the uh, pri- after the filing. That would be good. Uh, moving on the, to the legislature, did you have any other deep thoughts no, before we I go there? I was excited about the. We have a really interesting state senate. State race. senate race twenty four is the sexiest race of the um, of them all, or is there another one that's more exciting? It's so exciting, Senate twenty four. Um, it has an incumbent senator who's been around for a long time, Kurt Bramble. Kurt Bramble, He's, Senator Bramble, um, and he is being challenged by a sitting House member in Brad Daw. And a former state senator who, I will just say, left the Senate in 21 to go head, go at at the time. Governor's Office of Economic Development for Governor Cox. Right. And so what's interesting is that's why, for those of you who are saying, wait a minute, why doesn't Dan Hemmert run in his old seat? He left in 21, but so that would have been 20. So he 
didn't, he got redistricted, but it wasn't him. So he wasn't punished. And he now is in a district with Kurt Bramble and choosing to challenge Kurt Bramble as, and what's interesting about Dan Hemmert also is he's a current lobbyist. So he has an existing client load um, that he'll have to figure out what to do with if he wins. Uh, so he's a, he's a registered lobbyist. Then you've got Representative Brad Daw, who's going to bump up and challenge Kurt Bramble for state Senate. And then also a shout out to Utah forward candidate, David Hinckley. Yeah. So you don't, so uh, Dan Hemmert was a member of Senate leadership as well. So I would say that you've, we've not seen, I don't remember seeing a state Senate race where you have a, an, a longstanding uh, incumbent and an effective uh, Senator in Kurt Bramble, and then have a former and not all that long ago member of Senate leadership, uh, running that's not in office right now run against him as well as a house member uh, that has experience as well so former speaker hughes why yes. is bramble getting a challenger two challengers you know two I, credible elected officials challenging him i i think so uh kurt bramble uh, i think his first session would have been 2001 i think he was elected in oh, 2000 so yeah. i think that there's just a when you've been in we're now fresh blood for I just think that the, the saying in politics friends come and go and enemies accumulate uh, you serve that long you start to just pick up uh, critics along the way uh, your votes can always be narrated or twisted to be something worse than they were or i mean i always would like to think they show a track record of good things but i don't know i think the i think any states any public but both servant of that's his been challengers in for a long, have long been time, around for a long time too not, i mean not, not quite as, I mean, as long they all yeah they all none of them were there when he arrived i do remember kurt bramble yelled at a pizza delivery person like 15 years ago nobody remembers that but yes i, <laughs> I remember that i remember that blog that blog post very well but no one i don't know that that's going to come back but I uh, if you know senator bramble this is a guy that's um uh if there's such a thing as passive aggressive senator bramble's aggressive aggressive and i say that having been accused of being that myself um uh, being passive but, or aggressive, no, aggressive 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 okay and so uh, he is he is a bulldog. He is, they used to call him Brambo, like Rambo. I mean, but they give him hard issues too, and he's, they give him very he's difficult. Carried issues. some tough water, some of the toughest stuff, and so that comes with controversy inherently. So um, he's I would not say this guy's a, he's not a pushover. He is going to he's going to campaign say, very hard. This one might be mean, and I think it's hard to do local politics mean. It is hard to do, and, and, so and that's a Utah County district too. And those Utah County folks. They're passive aggressive, so they, this is going to be complicated languaging. They far mm. more prefer to stab in the back than the chest. Yes, yeah, so far more. It's just this it's one's less gonna awkward. Be one it's less to awkward watch. to stab in the back than the chest. Oh, so. Stab me from the front, guys. Never from the like. back. That's what I prefer. Um, anything in the house that's looking nearly as exciting? I always wish that there were more contested seats and more fights because it's I'm, good for democracy. I'm going to give a shout out to the Democrats who again did some fielding this year. It looks like. Um, uh, Trevor Lee, who uh, notably um, won against a longstanding incumbent, Steve Handy, um, last cycle, he does have a challenger, and she does have some party experience. So yep. she has some relationships with delegates where this race will be um, first tried out. So she has Daniela Harding is running against Trevor Lee in a Republican primary. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, one new name to the list, too. Uh, you probably know Janetta Williams. I was just um, looking right. at that. Yeah, she's running for State House 26 against um, Matt McPherson. So um, that'll be interesting. So she's been the head of the NAACP Salt Lake branch for 
as long as I can remember, a long time. So none of our listeners need to be told this, and it's a little schoolhouse rocky, but like it's worth jumping on. You can just Google. It's vote.utah.gov. They have a listing of the candidate filings. That's the listing that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I like about going through this list is to remind us that these races actually matter more a lot than the presidential race in some ways, and particularly the House and Senate races. And we are still a little delegate driven. So meaning very few people make these decisions. House races have usually between 50 and 75 delegates. Is that about right? I mean, they're right in there. 60, 70, 80, maybe they remember they're equalized. So it's about how many they really get out. But when you think about that being the starting point, and if you even register with your County party or your state party as being interested in these races, Candidates start to call you. So I, I, I don't think any of our listeners to hear that you need to hear that. But I, we used to do a lot of delegate programs um, at Exoro for both the Republicans and the Democrats. And I will say, telling your neighbors that that is a place they could get more involved if they wanted to is worthwhile because we um, we suffer when regular people well, don't if, participate. I, honestly, in, and I in think the process. I, I, I will always be a huge, huge uh, advocate and fan of our caucus convention cycle because I, fi- I find it to, it is a higher information cycle in terms of your ability to actually look at in the eyes of a candidate and ask any question you want and have them answer your question back. Most most elections, primaries, general elections are yard signs, flyers, commercials, uh, media buys. This is really as organic as you get. And it is an open, you, anybody, no one's told they can't come to their caucus. It's a, it's an open invitation. Every, and I think. You have to be a the, registered Republican to well participate. You do, but, but, yeah. So if you'd like to sit quietly in the corner, you're welcome to come. My to argument would be this. The, if we have any concerns with uh, the caucus convention cycle being too insular, then show up. Then go. The because I do think your ability to speak with a candidate is yeah. better than never seeing I them agree. or talking to them. The caucus convention cycle is antiquated, old school and controlling of a bunch of old-fashioned Republicans. <laughs> you said you agreed. So it should what did be you blown up. You should I not blown agree up that way. That I said is, more participation it in is it. The, it is the system at it. hand. Don't lose it. Oh, lose it. Junk it. No. Get rid of it. No, no, but just all the money while it is run. the system at hand, it gives you incredible access and power t- and an ability to talk I, to people who matter. I will point out this stat. Since people can circumvent and not participate in caucus convention cycle and go straight to the signatures to Yay. qualify for the ballot. Yay. Those doubt those candidates who have gone through the caucus convention cycle and going against people that only went signature only and did not meet with delegates, the, the ones that go through the convention do better. they have a higher a success rate because there's also a grassroots that comes with those districts where you're meeting delegates. I would like to fact check. Yeah, that. no, it's true. I'll show it to you. Okay. I know you're surprised. I'm surprised you're surprised, but I'm looking forward to opening your eyes to this good information. Ooh, wow, thank you. Oh, we'll be check fun. back on that next then you time. Because we next need week you up. can come up and say, you're right, Greg, we need to have more people attend their caucuses. Well, I just Especially said, when I show you I how I just said people should them. attend their caucuses until we have a chance to modernize <laughs> it. You said blow it up. That's not Speaking of caucuses, <laughs> Iowa is just around the corner. And while we're getting everything figured out here in Utah, and I can't wait to see if this changes the dynamic in the legislative session now that we've got all these people running and running against each other. Um, I want to talk in just a minute about what we should watch for in this upcoming session, because I know you both have eyes and fingers on this. But uh, we've got the Iowa caucuses coming up, and we also have a Supreme Court um, case that's going to be heard very early in the year and very quickly on the Colorado ruling that said that uh, President Trump would be forced off the ballot using the 14th Amendment. They will uh, hear that at the 1st of February, and I'm assuming hear and rule very quickly because we're going to be 
down the chute very quickly. Mara, any ideas of what we expect to hear from the Supreme Court on this one? You know, what's cool is nobody knows. I mean, I, if, if people are speculating too much, I think it, it is speculatory. The one thing that's intriguing about this is uh, usually the system, well, particularly in the lower courts, we lean heavy of, of prior precedent, right? And this would be the Supreme Court interpreting the Constitution. The cool part about the Constitution is it's the Constitution, mm-hmm. and it's our primary document, and they would have to do original constitutional. And and what that means is when you hear the Republicans say, hey, he hasn't even been convicted yet. The law doesn't require that. The Constitution doesn't require that. In fact, it was a precursor. This section came about because of those who fought against the United States during the Civil War. So it doesn't require that Trump is convicted, although it certainly looks like he's headed that way. But it probably won't be in time for this. I do like that the I do like that the Supreme Court is taking the Colorado law because I do think it's the more questionable law. I mean, it was the one that set precedent, and so I think it was smart yeah. that they indicated they would take it. And they've never, Greg, even looked at the 14th Amendment. It's used so rarely that it's not something, because usually you have prior decisions on things that come up before the Supreme Court. On the Court, insurrection clause. They yeah. have looked at the 14th yeah, Amendment. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, so first off, there is no greater irony than Democrats trying to remove someone from a ballot in the name of saving democracy. I just find it to be irony 10,000 spoons yeah, when all you need just, is a knife. It's so funny to see this, that we can't have them on, a, on, the, on the ballot because we want to save democracy. Great point. But there's also been recent Supreme they just Court said he's not qualified. Supreme Court decisions um, where it defines what a federal officer is that swears to... And, and in those, if you look at the at the president or those decisions, the president of the United States isn't isn't even qualified under their definition of one of these federal officers. Unless you read the Constitution in which it outlines. And I'm going to tell you that that in the in in the way this is written, I and hats off to Democrats that they kept using this word insurrection, and none of us knew that there was like a a, a punchline to it, and that was that we're going to keep saying insurrection one zillion times from January 6th of 21 till now, so that we can actually point to this amendment because. That that word got repeated so much that you might people might believe that he was tried or convicted. That there was some due process to this grand title of insurrection, but there's been none. Um, you and if, and all I would warn everyone is, if you want a subjective, we're going to call it that. There's not been any trial or anything that's been accused that's that would even if you said anything. His ins, the closest thing to insurrection would be the Senate hearing in his impeachment of which he was acquitted. Uh, that would be the closest thing to a trial on this topic. So, Greg, but if you want to be, if it's all gray, and you could do it to anyone, I don't know what Democrat wants to see all their candidates taken off the ballot if they were uh, telling people to go to go charge the the, the building, go do because there's plenty of things people say, especially now that we have social media, that you could put into this title of insurrection, and would we want the a party in control to remove the other party from the ballot based on this word? that had no due process or any anything to validate an insurrection? You, the answer would be no if Greg, it wasn't what, Trump. What about the multiple hundreds of people who have been tried and convicted for what they did on January 6th? I mean, it's the same issue. Uh, and and that's the precedent for it. Including well, they were there, and they didn't say don't them, do it like he did. He said be peaceful. who pled guilty to it. So you have participants and, pleading guilty to essentially insurrection charges. Not all of them have that charge, but many of them do. And and you don't understand that that relationship where the law of the land has been applied to the event that he was the catalyst for. Are you confused by that relationship? He said be peaceful when you go there. He didn't tell them to go in there and do it. And I think there's a heavy so hand in those prosecutions. You, I think that some think of that okay is way over the top. You think it's okay to question the elections, but you don't think it's okay to question Trump trying to disrupt the U.S. 
elections? He didn't try to disrupt it. He he said to go there peacefully. In fact, he actually he, tried to see more. More. You're telling uh, me that Donald Trump did not guard. ask Vice President Pence to stop the certification process? That has nothing process? to do with the, the protests outside the Capitol and no, whether I'm he told him to be violent elections. or not. He wanted to stop our elections. No, what he, he didn't agree was, with the outcome of the election. Uh, it, That's his entire we, point. We can get into the is into to the, invalidate the we election. We can get into the. the, the I'm not the in wording the weeds. of it, but I'm going to tell you. I haven't said insurrection. If there is, if there is a question as to the states proffering up who's who that qualifies to vote in the electoral college, and you think there's something wrong with that, you would like that adjudicated before that process takes place. I, I, I that's a whole other topic, but that is not insurrection in any way to have these concerns that an election was run fairly. Because I've seen too many Democrats complain or point to. Putin got this whole election rigged and it didn't happen. He got so Facebook bots think, that, that got people to vote that, for someone he didn't. That uh, Trump Stacey Abrams said it was an Georgia. absolute farce. It you was all rigged. The, the race for governor Georgia. in Georgia was all rigged. It was all against her. She was able to say that without being accused of being an insurrectionist. I'm just going to tell you, you can't say that someone who has questions, serious questions about the process and the validity of that process is somehow an insurrectionist. It's, it's a, it's a bridge too far. That's not what they're questioning. That, well, I that's think not it's going to be safe to say that going into 2024, everyone always like to, likes to say, this is the most important election, or this is unprecedented, but I feel like everything that's going to happen from here on out in this election is going to be unprecedented. Well, I, I think there's Donald so much Trump going is on. unprecedented. I, I think the I Democrats will call any Republican nominee, I've already heard it, DeSantis is worse than Trump. Nikki Haley is worse than Trump. I've already heard them. There, there is no normalcy. If someone out there thinks that if Who's you don't have Trump Donald backup? Trump, well, my backup is a guy that's not going to win. But I like uh, Vivek. Ramaswamy. You like Ramaswamy? Oh, I do. I like. I love that dude. I think he's awesome. But, um, but if you th- if people think that if you didn't have Trump, you're going to have some normal um, status quo how we used to see presidential elections. We are not the 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 vitriol, the inspiring fear, how to vote out of fear. It is going to come full-throated at the Republican nominee, no matter who that nominee is. There is no version. There's no daylight between Trump and any Republican nominee in terms of this upcoming election. I'm going to give Donald Trump more credit for that. I think he's a unique political figure. He I is. think he's a political figure of destruction. No. I think, I mean, I, I think he's one of the worst things that has <laughs> happened to America. But I will tell you, Greg, I don't think Republicans are the worst things that have happened to America. I don't but think. You would be alone in that sentiment. No, They've I have already said Greg. that Nikki Haley. No, I mean, you, you don't Don get Lemon. to tell me. I don't, don't okay, even I'm not start saying with you. the I'm just saying Don Lemon was on right out. I mean, ripping on Nikki Haley saying, I, I better the devil you know with Trump because this Nikki Haley, she's more right. dangerous so than you Trump. you want to point to individual that, pundits knock yourself out well but they're I on, just they are the Donald talking Trump heads nationally is speaking a unique about this. figure in america i give you history. your space to think anything you want Mara. i'm talking the royal we or the royal you i'm saying i still that think something they're wild's all coming gonna happen out that we this. don't have on our bingo card yet for this year that we're going to come in here and be like Ugh, i hope not this already I, you know what scares me i actually don't think that people year. are worried about where people are at in this race i i i i saw in 94 when uh the Republicans took over the House and Newt Gingrich became Speaker in 94. You watched uh, President Clinton shift and pivot mightily to the right because he saw the American people were not for the agenda for the first two years of his presidency that he was pursuing, and he changed. I see no pivot. When you see, the, the, when you see a, a president at a 35 or 39% approval rating, when you see the economy where it is, when you see things happening the way they are, even on the border, and now Democrats even saying we've got serious, serious problems on the border, and you see nothing being done, to pivot or to correct this negative sentiment. It makes me worry that people 
aren't worried how the people are going to vote. As long as they know who's counting, they're not worried who's voting. I worry about that. I worry that they're, that something I, – I don't understand politics where the terrible things that th- this country is living through right now, you're not seeing people of both parties trying to pivot – to stopping what's troubling sure, the American Craig, people. I, I would have, Craig, I, I would have said it. that when Trump was around and you were like, no, it's all great. So, I mean, to not, I mean, I'll see that that was my point of view when Trump was nominated. It's amazing to me that you don't, you can't see that point of view no, just I, because I can give you a laundry list of good things that Trump I do think did there was, was more. I know, you're you making you my point. That, but you can't give that list about Biden. Of now. course I can't. Oh, you cannot. Yeah, well, of course I, I can't. The economy is doing better. I won't say you cannot. Oh, I can. And I think he's been highly successful. You don't, you discount it that's why i'm not selling okay. it to you you right. don't have Fair to enough. buy it okay. I, if we i know we've been going long but i will say um our legislative session starts next yes it week. does and we have a lot of hot topics going on and i think dei which has been a national kind of conversation piece in the last few months is going to be big at the legislature what else is going to be hot well the other thing i want to look for is last year by design the house leadership particularly a little bit senate decided to go out hot with some pre-cooked stuff and it was a great strategy it was a risky strategy it sort of fell apart then it came back together we have a new speaker um we have a really seasoned senate president i have not heard that they're planning to go out as hot i like that because i think you're going to see more voices i think you're going to see more agendas roll out the hottest thing right now that will still be a little tense as we go into the session is this discussion we've been having interestingly enough led by um, Spencer Cox more, I think, mm-hmm. than the legislators, which is this, inter- uh, I'll call it DEI, although it's become this, DEI is sort of now a euphemism for a lot of different things. But legislative and elected leaders have been spending a great deal of time with our university presidents. And I think they've probably come to some resolutions. You saw this last week where the University of Utah announced that they will no longer have that question, the, the question meaning where do you stand on diversity yeah. as no, part of their hiring practice. The space, yeah. um, and so, but I still think that won't go away. It, it is percolating because I think, in fact, it's a presidential and an election year. Yeah. It's when we get a lot of these silly messaging bills that are around on both sides that are around for values waving. I hope we stay away from those because we have a ton going on. We have a, we have a, healthy robust economy but we don't have as much money as we've had in the past so our belts are a little tightened we have all the pressures of a growing a growing state is a beautiful problem to have but it has pressure points yeah we've got Um, water issues still we have housing issues infrastructure transportation if we want all the pretty things like the olympics and mlb those pretty things are pretty costly and that will have to start being set up we want to move into a bigger economic class um that's a big transition so i think this is going to be a huge setup year for some really i know we overuse this phrase but the decisions that they make in this cycle in 25 lock us in for a decade or so. Yeah, you know, the, the, the most, I think some of the most impactful and important decisions that a, that a state legislature will make is in their infrastructure. How do you prepare for a growing population? Your roads, your water, your infrastructure, all of these things. That's not really, I, Heidi, I, I don't think it's going to lead your, your newscasts while the session's going on in terms of, you know, thought-provoking or it's usually the more divisive issues that that make it and and it's no I'm not it's no indictment on the news. Unfortunately, source. sometimes those stories do, and I hope that we don't have any of those bills where it ends up being. I feel like sometimes some of the transgender issues or other things we've looked at that don't have 
a vast hold on most families, you know, in this state. I hope we're looking at issues and we talk about issues that it, matter because there are a lot of things and, that and, matter. And yeah. I think that, 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 you know, if you, if you're a weatherman in San Diego, you had a boring job because it's pretty much the same weather every single day. It's and real so it's nice. not, nobody's gravitating <laughs> to see what that is. They have had some killer waves of late. So, but, but if you're at a place where the weather's changing like crazy, you're always watching. I, it's interesting for me. When I was uh, serving in the House, I would look at the end of the session, which bills had the most clicks? Like, which of the general public, who was looking up the bills the most? And they were always the ones that were like feral cats or they were, you know, some other like really just it would pique your interest or surprise you or be a topic you'd not heard of. All the really blocking and tackling and the stuff that a state does, and they do mm-hmm. it bipartisan. There isn't a lot of uh, argument by way of pl- a, a party's platform on these solid governance questions and issues and priorities they don't get a lot of attention but that doesn't mean that they're not why we've had the ability to grow in a, in a state like this the way we have in a positive way so i think it's going to be a boring session but i say boring in that it's not going to be the the head snapping crazy or or really divisive issues but i think it's going to be boring uh, in that way but i think it's going to be an incredibly substantive uh, session because they have a lot of money for infrastructure. They have a lot of money for those things that prepare a state that's growing to continue to grow responsibly. And I think that's going to also include getting this growth off of the Wasatch Front and into the other counties that are sadly losing their kids and their families to because they don't have economic opportunities. See the rest of the state grow. I think that requires infrastructure, and I think you'll see that this session. But I don't know that people will be like, wow, that's the greatest thing I've seen. So uh, I agree. Yeah, uh, it'll be boring, but it'll of, be impactful. Oh, I think that's except yeah, that that issue is a hot issue, and that's example. come from nationally and some of the things happening with these pro-Palestine groups in higher ed and how they're responding to yeah. it. I think it's been terrible, and I think it's actually up the ante on that topic. I have seen some bills on lowering possibly the income tax. I do know the governor's come out and said we're not lowering taxes, and I think that goes back to the tightening of the belt where uh, we're not swimming in as much money like um, Scrooge McDuck like we used to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I know you both will be very involved. And so I'm glad we're back as a family yeah. together again. <laughs> got the band back together. I know. I only got two like dagger like looks from Mara this time. I tried to, I don't, I don't know if you listen to this, but I do try to retreat as quick as I can before you. should note that Greg has a pen yeah, and paper today. Which I was, is I was taking copious. Well, I feel like this is I'm business related because there's still filings happening right no, now. No, like you were, you were very prepared and you have a Red Bull. And yeah. Yes, of course. Top of your game. And it's game. sugar-free because I'm a health freak. Mm. Yeah, you are. You're yep. killing it in the new year? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, sure I was am. just going to hit refresh on the page to see if anyone filed new while we've been sitting here and talking, but we'll have to discuss it next week because people still technically have an hour and 15 minutes if you've been mulling over running for Senate or a House seat or whatever. Get your name in. You've got time. So uh, thanks for joining us. I'm glad we're all back together again, and we will do this again soon. <laughs>